Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we're giving each other the traditional five-year anniversary gift, Nintendo Pentologies. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, as I have always been joined, twice a week, every week, for the last five years, my co-host Mark Mitchell. Mark, how's it going? It's going so good. I'm so happy to be here, happy to be celebrating five years of doing this show with you, Patrick. What a treat. Yeah, it's been a good, and this is, it's... We're so close to this also being our 500th episode. Um, by some measures, it's our 501st. By others, it's our 504th, I think, <laughs> depending on. Anyway, uh, we're, we're counting this. This is our grand uh, anniversary. This is our special. We are putting together a series of uh, series, several series of five games that are that represent a pentology of sorts. And we're That's do that right. A we're celebrating times. five yeah. years with five pentologies each. Yes. So it's a five-five-five situation. Calm down, uh, <laughs> Christians. We're not summoning any demon here. Um, but if you would like to summon a demon, you could borrow my copy of Sonic Forces. That's the best one of those segues I've ever done in 500 episodes. Um, all you gotta do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com, and you can borrow my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch. You can play it for as long as you want, or not play it for as long as you want and then send it back it costs you what nothing nothing uh there may be a copy of untitled goose game in there instead of sonic forces uh there's really no way to say it's possible that they both have been replaced by uh by untitled goose game i don't know i, I don't have control over it keeping this five thing mm -hmm. going the other thing you can do is you can leave us a five-star review on apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast we appreciate it so much we have we enjoy reading all of the reviews and if you leave us a review, it helps people find the show. It helps grow our little Nintendo Cartridge Society, and we appreciate it so much. If you leave us a five-star review, we'll give you a shout-out on the show. We check the U.S. Apple Podcast Store, but of course, if you rate us anywhere else, just send us an email, uh, hit us up on Twitter. We would love to acknowledge your review. And not only is the fact that we're asking for five-star reviews part of the five thing, but also stars have five points on them. Right, <laughs> I feel I feel like I'm turning into Jim Carrey in the number twenty three. Yeah, just seeing five everywhere. Two plus three. <laughs> uh, How deep does this hole go? Uh, two five, five feet. Two fives put together is ten. October is the tenth month. We're in the tenth month. It's Game and Watch month, um, which means that the rest of our uh, topic episodes through the rest of uh, this month will be about the Game and Watch. Uh, keep sending us your memories. Keep sending us your topic ideas. We're very excited to talk Game and Watch uh, with each other and with uh, you. Thank you to everyone who has written in already. Um, and if uh, keep them coming, it's uh, I'm I'm very excited to share these with Mark. We haven't really discussed them all yet. Yeah. Um, but it's 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 going to it's going to be a good month of programming, including this episode, uh, which actually brings uh, me to an email from Xander. Xander uh, writes in uh, a fair amount. He writes, "Happy fifth anniversary, NCS." I can't wait for Thursday's episode. Xander, you don't have to wait anymore. We're there. Let's do it, Mark. Let's get into our favorite Nintendo pentologies. 
Now, you may ask, as Mark did when I proposed this, what is a pentology? <laughs> Can you give me one example of, <laughs> I'd of like, a relevant pentology? Yeah, yeah. Because we couch this in terms of favorite Nintendo pentologies, but uh, we're really just making up our That's favorites. Right. Yeah. I mean, very few entertainment properties of like come out in five. They don't have the guts. They they don't have the guts. But you and I have the guts to go and dig in deep and find where those pentologies already exist. Uh-huh. Whether the creators knew about them or not. In every single one of these cases, the creators did not know. And in many cases, it requires multiple creators to, to, to get there. Um, but Mark, what, as, as you went through and created your list of pentologies, and as I went through and created my list of pentologies... Uh, was there a guiding force? You said that you uh, like looked up to see if there were any well-known um, pentologies. Yeah, I mean, so uh, four years ago, we did a episode on Nintendo trilogies. Yeah. Where, by the way, would have sworn that was like two years ago. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. But uh, and so trilogies, well-known, easy to like digest. The pentologies, not so familiar with. I have to admit, Patrick, this was a little bit more difficult for me. And so, but once I got into it, I had a lot of fun. And so I, I would say the minor, more maybe like the, thematic pentologies yeah. necessarily than like a uh, clean grouping of games like some of the trilogies that we did were. Yeah. Well, and, and trilogies is obviously easier, uh, as, as you say, because we're familiar with the idea, but also just because there are fewer games in them. Uh, and I, I think that there are examples of um, film pentologies that are really just like trilogies with two more movies mm. after them. You know, like I think big examples being like Pirates of the Caribbean. There's an obvious trilogy at the beginning and then two more movies um, or like Die Hard where like that original Die Hard trilogy makes sense as a single unit and then like two sequels after that. Um, so that to me is one model, right? Like here's a neat trilogy and then two things on top of it. Um, and then I think the other model, and this is I'm calling the Planet of the Apes model, um, is where there's like one movie that like all the rest of them are just trying to chase the original glory of that one thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's a, that's a really, those are both really good groupings. I'm going to be completely transparent. <laughs> Not, none of mine fall into either of those. Very good. If only it were so. Um, but it's, yeah, I mean, it's this, look, this is a tricky exercise. I told Mark, I didn't mind if we were basing an episode on a false premise. <laughs> But no, because we've never done that before, <laughs> for sure, for sure. Yeah, I could see a reality where we could cast Animal Crossing characters <laughs> in musicals. Uh, no, but I, th I think the the big driving force here, uh, here's here's the last um, thing that makes the pentologies in the five like hyper relevant to right now. Metroid Dread, Metroid yeah, Five, for sure. the fifth uh, 2D Metroid in the you know, mainline series uh, is out today. Uh, Mark, I checked the uh, the the shipping or no today tomorrow. It's out. It's out tomorrow. It's out on Friday. Uh, mine is being shipped to me as Ooh, we speak. Exciting. I'm very excited. Um, uh, yeah, and that's I'm so interested and excited to see how that series ends and how I feel about Metroid as a complete series, as a complete pentology, as a complete we pentology. can now say yes. Um, so. With with that uh, sort of in our hearts, well, like, is there anything that we can say? I guess we can't because we don't know how it how it ends at, at this point. But like how we conceptualize uh, Metroid as a pentology or what it means to because in some ways Metroid is like a uh, a tetralogy, a four game series, 
and then a sequel 20 years later. Yeah, I mean, we will we will see. Yeah, we will see. Because there was a long wait between Super Metroid and Metroid Fusion. That was probably like 10 years or so. Yeah, Maybe. but I'm, I'm saying we're at like double that now. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, yep. it's been a, a super long time since Fusion. Um, I'm so excited to play Metroid. Really, that, that, that was the impetus for this. And then I was like, wait a minute, five years, 500? Oh my God, we got all the fives. <laughs> we're Jim Carrey in the number 23. <laughs> um, Mark, would you like to offer up your first Pentology? Yes. Um, so my first Pentology, I want to take everybody back to the Wii era, the Nintendo Ooh. Wii era. And something that, I feel like something that like Nintendo fans have been, have struggled with off and on, probably since the Nintendo 64 is this sense of wanting to be like validated by other video game fans? Yeah, where okay. You always, it, and I feel like this was very acute in the Wii era. Yes, where you know it was like because the Wii was so different from the Xbox 360, from the PlayStation 3, there was definitely this sense of like othering, where it was like the Wii was uh like a family console. It was not for serious. Hardcore gamers. Right. Um, so it wasn't getting, you know, the games. It wasn't getting, like, a Fallout 3. It wasn't getting, you know, like, those sorts of, like, multi-platform games. Right. Well, and, and also, like, just to, uh, like, peel off the sort of, like, stigma on that. Because, like, I we were both sort of, like, making the face of, like, hardcore gamers. But this is also the era where I was, like, uh, I bought the Wii, was excited about the Wii, played a bunch of games on it. But then uh, a couple of years later, bought a PlayStation 3. Oh, 100%. And did most of my gaming did the on most, that. Yeah. Did most of my gaming on an Xbox 360 or PlayStation 3. Yeah, yeah. Ab- absolutely. It was just the Wii was so different, and it was a very specific console. But that did not stop Nintendo fans like craving this sort of like legitimacy or recognition sure. from like their peers. And so I remember that uh, IGN's Nintendo staff at the time, every time that there was a this, – this was such a great time to be a third – party developer making a game that was even like moderately for an older audience uh, because your game would get so much hype because everybody was looking for that next thing to prove like, well, to prove in air quotes, like, well, the Wii can get, you know, like mature games. Right. And this is how we get no more heroes. Yeah, 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 exactly. And so my first... Pentology is the get hyped pentology, <laughs> a, pe- a pentology of games yes. that in the press got like in like the Nintendo enthusiast press got way more recognition, way more coverage than they ever would in any other reality because everybody was looking for that thing where it's like, and it's an exclusive Nintendo Wii game that's aimed at like a cool, like mature yes. adult audience. Uh, how many light gun games are on this list? <laughs> None, actually. Oh None. What? Yes. No, no Dead Space Extraction. No Dead no Space Umbrella Extraction. Chronicles? No. Or whatever that, those games are called. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, no. This is this is a game. This is a list that I would say is more like. Uh, you border on shovelware. Okay. Um, but it got so much attention. Be- just because of the fact I'm that it was so coming to the I'm so excited for this list. Um, okay, so the my my first entry on this list is maybe the most well known of these, arguably 
is The Conduit. Yes. A first-person shooter game that uh, was heavily hyped because at the time, you know, uh, the Wii wasn't getting a lot of first-person shooters or anything like that. And so to have one that was built for the ground up by a company, The Conduit got a lot of coverage. Yeah. Yep. The next one is Tenchu Shadow Assassins. Okay. So Tenchu is a, um, uh, like, ninja game that uh, was probably most successful, I would say, in Japan. It's uh, developed by Japanese companies and was first released on the PlayStation. And the most recent game was this Wii Shadow Assassins entry in it. And so at the time, there were a lot of, you know, again, it got a lot of press because it was like, oh, this like Japanese series that used to be almost like PlayStation exclusive is coming to Sure, Wii. yeah. Well, is, so is it like a, a violent like ninja assassin game? Like, is it a stealth? It. I. Uh, I have never played any of these. I think. <laughs> Great, I, I love think it. it is mostly stealth. However, one thing that is kind of interesting is that um, the later entries I think were published by From Software in Japan, and Sikoro, uh, Shadow Assassin, yep. started out as like a Tenchu like oh. spiritual successor, or it maybe started out as an actual like reboot or sequel, but it is like a spiritual successor. The next game on my in my Get Hype pentology is Deadly Creatures. This was a game where you played as like sp- like household or like. Uh, like insects, you played a spider oh or like gosh. a scorpion, yes. and they were like fighting each other. But it was like a, a platformer almost. Okay. But uh, again, the most random game to get as much attention as it did. But it got super hyped up because it was a third-party developed game right. that uh, you know wasn't uh, aimed at a family audience. Speaking of which, Mushroom Men: The Spore Wars. What is Mushroom <laughs> Men: The Spore Wars? Not, it was it was a, a nascent franchise. They released both a Wii and a Nintendo DS game. Wow! I can't remember. I think the developer was like Red Fly Studios. It was developed by, or it was published by this like um, kind of the Devolver Digital of its day. It was called like Redcock Studios. Okay. And uh, yeah, you play as like these Mushroom Men that, or these mushrooms that are brought to life by like a meteor hitting the ground sure. and it's like an action platformer not really noteworthy except except that i remember getting a ton of press right finally and this is maybe the one that shares the same um but maybe like actually has the distinction of being the most well-known but mad world it was oh, a yeah. game developed by platinum games when platinum games was like a new studio a lot of hype coming out of clover studios um, from Capcom, and it was a Wii exclusive. It's in black and white. It's like hyper violent. It had uh, really stylized, very like, stylized, yeah. kind of sort like of a right death in- match sort of. Yeah, like, the setup is you know basically like uh, Squid Games almost. You know, like it's um, a very uh, uh, death match. Yeah, and like sort of cribbing the visual style of the uh, Sin City movie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I feel like like uh, was it Billy West or like John? Who's the DiMaggio? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think it was John DiMaggio. Like he was a voice of the commentator. Yeah. Like this was another one that was like heavily, heavily hyped. Wow. I uh, I guess uh, so. These are all third party games. So I guess I understand why this isn't on your list, but I thought for sure that the re-release of, or the remake of GoldenEye was going oh, to be Oh, that would have been a great in, one. In yeah, that would that would have been a great one. I feel like I couldn't, uh, there are some other ones that, uh, you know, arguably 
could have made this list. But those are the ones that I remember at the time getting like a ton of press, specifically from IGN's Nintendo staff, who I was following really closely at the time. Um, that's incredible, Mark. That's such a good list. That's such a good pentology. And you're calling it the you're calling it the get, get hyped, hyped pentology because, because they they got the hype what they didn't really deserve exactly. it. Exactly. Like so, like before the release of every each one of these games, it was like, oh my gosh, the conduit's coming out. <laughs> right. You know. Well, I, I remember that the, the conduit is a great starting point for that because I feel like that was. That was such a big one that, like, everyone was on board with, like, yes, we're going to try the the conduit. It's going to be great. Um, uh, c- can I suggest a, a slight name change to the, yeah, to the yeah. uh, name of the uh, pentology? Um, instead of uh, get hype, stolen hype. Ooh. Like, playing off of stolen valor, where, like, <laughs> they, they have it, but they didn't deserve it. <laughs> that's good. That's very good. Stolen hype pentology. Um, that's that's wonderful. Uh Mark, my first pentology. Um, do you recall a couple years ago we did an episode uh, about Nintendo characters, uh, other Nintendo characters that should lose their job? I do remember this, yes. Um, so we, we we did this because there was a brief period on Nintendo's website where there was like a profile of Mario and it said like, Mario used to be a plumber. I think it was that and Mr. we learned that Mr. Rossetti... Was oh yeah, like, that's right. Was that's right. Getting uh, that he wouldn't be in the next Animal right. Crossing game because he would have, have a job. Right. Yeah, that's that's right. That's right. Um, but relevant to what I'm talking about right now is this Mario thing where uh, it said on Nintendo's website that Mario used to be a plumber, implying that he is no longer a plumber, which got me thinking about Mario as a plumber. Uh, and Mario just as a blue-collar worker. So I'm presenting to you the blue-collar Mario Brothers series. Here are five games, a pentology of games, where Mario and Luigi have blue-collar jobs, and they are the only games where they have these jobs. Are you ready, Mark? I am ready. Um, we start, and look, it's October, so we're starting on the Game & Watch, baby, with Mario Brothers on the Game & Watch, which is not the same as Mario Brothers in the uh, arcade or on the NES. It is a game where they are working in a uh, a like package factory or something. They uh, they are uh, on either sides of conveyor belts, um, handing things back and forth so they can uh, get it all packaged up and thrown into a truck. So these are they're like delivery guys. They're working in a factory. Um, the second game, also a Game and Watch game, is Mario's Cement Factory. Um, this is where Mario has to go on little platforms, uh, little elevators, and get cement down to the truck. So he's obviously a construction worker of some kind in this. Uh, that's game number two. The third game, again, a game called Mario Brothers uh, in the arcades and on the NES. They're obviously plumbers because they're going through the pipes. They're clearing out the bugs and stuff. Um, you know, the, the the various crabs and turtles you get in your pipes. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, next, of course, Wrecking Crew. Um, Mario and Luigi are working on a construction site. This is a blue-collar job, right? They are, they are the demolition crew uh, on a uh, construction for a construction company. And then finally, the last, and I swear this is the only other game where the Mario Brothers are uh, holding down a blue-collar job, is Mario Clash on the Virtual Boy, which is sort of a 3D remake of uh, Mario, the original Mario Brothers, where they are again plumbers i this is so good i love this and like think about it any other time where you're playing as mario he's 
look, Super Mario Brothers, is he a plumber in that? He goes down pipes, but, like, to adventure. Right. Um, and, like, otherwise, what, he's a doctor? He's an archaeologist? He's, you know, these are the times when Mario is a blue-collar Joe. He's a, man a regular guy. People. Yes. Yes. Patrick, I love this pentology so much. And um, I, I before I say what I'm about to say, I want to make sure. Sh- I want to make sure. Do you have anything else that you would like to say on this on your pentology? Because I don't want to steal any of your thunder. Oh no no no. That's, okay. That that's that's where that that's where this pentology ends. Okay. I have a very similar. Oh my pentology. god. Oh my god. What is it? <laughs> Mine is Mario's work history pentology. Oh, so all it, right. like if you're if we were looking at Mario's like resume or Mario's CV, mm-hmm. and it told the complete story of Mario's life. Yes. These are the five games that I think would be on it. <laughs> okay, great. Um and and on I think that your pentology could fit very neatly at the beginning of Mario's like resume. Sure. Right? Yes. So so really in my mind, you know, uh Mario's had a lot of work history. He's trying to fit it all onto one page. So he's just picking and choosing which right. of these uh blue collar jobs he wants to include on there. And so uh here's here's my Mario's work yeah. history. Pentology. Yeah, I love it. First, I have Mario's Cement Factory. Very good. Right, so he's 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 in on the bottom floor. I love Game and Watch Month, by the way. I love that this is done to us. This, this is these these are references we would not have made prior, prior to 100%. this month. Yeah, uh, Mario's Cement Factory. He's you know like uh, in on the ground floor. This right. is his you know entry level position, which turns into a like a, a, a we'll say better paying wrecking crew job where he is yeah. you know like he's working with explosives it's very dangerous it's highly skilled right from there we realized that he was um you know part of this wrecking crew so but at night he was going to college and so mario teaches typing is you know he's like he's <laughs> He's he's like a TA or something. Exactly, yeah, okay. he is exactly a TA because because uh you know you're not going to get a tenured professor to teach typing. Uh, no, you're not going to get a tenured professor to teach to teach typing. But Mario is going for his doctorate because next, of course, in our pentology is right. Doctor Mario. And finally, the final entry in this pentology is you know after a long illust- illustrious career as a respected medical pro- profess- uh, professional, Mario retires. Which brings us Super Mario Sunshine. Very good. And his living and becomes uh, a criminal <laughs> and is tried in a kangaroo, kangaroo court, court. <laughs> uh, in a banana republic. But um, right, and that that also that turns into retirement, right? That yeah. turns into retirement. So yeah, that is uh, my Mario's work history pentology. Uh, I love that we went similar places <laughs> uh, with this. I love that we both wanted to talk about Mario Cement Factory and Wrecking Crew. I think Mario Cement Factory. I think you're right. The Game and Watch like. Game and Watch Month and our preparation for Game and Watch Month yeah. has broke our brain because you better believe that I tried to f- figure out some way to like uh, shoehorn like Mario's uh, like bomb delivery or whatever it's oh, called. Oh yeah, here. Mario's bombs away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I know. Me, me too. I was like, how do how do I work like a war into this? Yeah, exactly. It's like a war criminal pentology. <laughs> really working on that. Um. All right. All right. All right. Uh, I'm 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 gonna bring us back into uh, the. I'm gonna take us to like the Nintendo 64 era. Um, and 
I this is going to kind of uh, skirt the line of like, is it first party? Is it third party? Um, yes, uh, yes, it's third party now. But at the time, Rare was making games for Nintendo and was owned by Nintendo. And in in the Nintendo sixty four era, Rare developed an identity that is so that creates such a specific kind of game. They made they made a bunch of other games, but they specialized in this 3D mascot platformer. Uh, so this quadrilogy here is the rare mascot 3D platformer. Quadrilogy? What did I say? Yeah, no, pentology. Quadrilogy, I went off on this earlier. Not a word. Tet- <laughs> Tetralogy is what you would call a group of four uh, four pieces of, of art that are connected. Um, and I know we just we like quadrilogy because it's got that illage uh, from trilogy, and it's just... It just makes me so mad that I can't believe I said it. Um, and this is one that I think follows in the uh, sort of Pirates of the Caribbean mold where, like, there seems to me to be an obvious trilogy and then, like, weird riffs on it that are uh, less typical. So the first three games in the trilogy are uh, Banjo-Kazooie, Banjo-Tooie, and Donkey Kong 64. All very similar games. They are really cut from that, like, rare collectathon uh sort of mode and they get worse as they go on in their like collectathoniness um in its addiction to making you get as many bananas or music notes or puzzle pieces or whatever um as as humanly possible so those are the first three and they're all it's it's a pretty straightforward line there right you can see they're like collect more collect more collect more then the sequels to that the first of which is uh conquers bad fur day which is a, a sort of riff on it was originally going to be a game just like that, a cutesy like platformer, right? Conquer early footage of Conquer showed him as like he has like big bubbly eyes and is like fun and cute. Um, and they were like, no, you know, we got to go the complete opposite direction, going for an M-rated game. Uh, he drinks, he dies, he was a womanizing uh, squirrel. Um, and so, like, that's that's the, the first, like, weird sequel. And then the second weird sequel is, of course, not on the Nintendo 64, but on the GameCube, it is Star Fox Adventures. Um, or, you know, originally they were developing as Dino Planet um, and uh, is more of a Zelda-like game than it is, uh, like, a Mario-style uh, 3D platformer, but is still obviously cut from the same mold that they were making those first three games from just like sort of a riff on it oh this is so good that's such a good pentology because it it absolutely captures that really specific time in nintendo and rare history where rare was just like knocking these out like in a good way like not like uh or i mean arguably the further went along right but like banjo kazooie was uh an such an awesome like spiritual follow-up to what Mario 64 brought. And Nintendo never released another Mario right. 64 like game that they made themselves. Right. And like no one else could do it. Yeah. Right? Like the the fact that Rare came as close as they did with Banjo kazooie and then like leaned into, you know, a, an aspect of it that they were doing better than like because the the collectible when the collectibles like work and feel fun, as I think they do in Banjo kazooie um it's better than like the rewards you get from collecting stuff in Mario 64. Um, not to say that Banjo Kazooie is a better game, I don't think it is. Um, but like, it is so self assured in what it does that like it sort of creates this new genre for them. Um, and like, I I always wish there was an, an alternate history where like 
someone reigned rare in, you know, where they were like, here's this collectibles game. And they were like, okay, well, let's just like cut like some of this. <laughs> um, like, cause I feel like Donkey Kong 64 in particular, um, and Banjo Tooie to a lesser extent could, would be like 10 out of 10 games with, um, just like some cuts to the collectibles. Yeah. Oh man. That, that's a, that's a really, that's a really fun one. I like that a lot. Thank you. My next one is it's a it's a team building pentology. I'm calling it better than trust falls pentology. Okay. You want to build teamwork? Yeah. These are the five games for you. <laughs> um, the first one. Yeah. On my list is uh, this is actually a third party game. It's Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. Okay. Can really only be played effectively in multiplayer, not just multiplayer, but people who are dedicated to the cause, willing to have Game Boy Advances and Game Boy Con- Advance Connect cables. Or willing to put up with the new version of the game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's fair. Or willing to put up with the new version of the game. So Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. Next, of course, is The Legend of Zelda Four Swords Adventure. Another game that uh, requires the cooperation between four people. Lest we forget Legend of Zelda Triforce Heroes. Um, a favorite entry of mine on the list. We recently played it with yep. our good friend Matt Acevedo. Really, really enjoyed it. Our time with that. We got to get back together and uh, finish it. We absolutely will. Matt, if you're listening, give us a call. <laughs> we're we're going to do it. I, I, I really like this, uh, this one, too, especially because... Um, like if you find yourself matched up with randos, like it becomes a a trying ordeal, <laughs> right? Like you you totally. need to, you need to trust the people you're playing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, also included on this list is Metroid Prime Federation Force. <laughs> all right, all right. Better than Trust Falls. Uh, you are trusting that people are going to buy this game. Yeah. In order to play it with you, that is true trust <laughs> finally snipper clips oh snipper clips uh, what what a great capstone to this to this list what a great game that i often forget about yeah. but what a joy that game is so funny so fun to play together um it requires incredible teamwork and like puzzle solving true puzzle solving where people are like standing up at the tv and being like no turn it to the right <laughs> no i said make me a different kind of gear <laughs> Scoop me. <laughs> so yes, our, our that's my better than trust falls pentology. Uh, that that's great. Um, Mark, I have two of those games on my love next it. pentology, um, which I'll, I'll just get into right now. Unless you had anything further to say about that one, um, uh, this is one I'm calling Sons of Link to the Past. The Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past is obviously a very influential game. It uh, uh, affected the sort of structure of all Zelda games that, that came after it, just about. Um, e- even, you know, you can see a lot of its DNA in Ocarina, and Ocarina obviously goes on to influence uh, the, the other three, 3D Zeldas. But there is a very clear line from A Link to the Past, which is the first entry in this, to exactly four other <laughs> Zelda games. So uh, the the uh, the second entry here after a link to the past is Link's Awakening. Link's Awakening started off its development as uh, the 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 marching orders were put Link to the Past on Game Boy, and they started doing that and realized that the you know Game Boy is just like a little bit different or has a little bit different needs, uh, and so uh, that's Link's Awakening comes out of that. But it started life as a remake, a port of a Link to the Past. Which leads us on to the third entry, 
which is Four Swords slash Four Swords Adventures, because that is a pack-in game that came with the Link the Past that was ported to Game Boy Advance. So again, this, these are just more games that are offshoots of A Link to the Past. We're good so far? We're great. Uh, next, we're going to go to the straight-up sequel to A Link to the Past, A Link Between Worlds, um, which, uh, I mean, rightfully heralded as like a brilliant repurposing of the exact same Hyrule. Um, you know, never mind the fact that we've been revisiting Link to the Past in like these other forms, but that, that's fine. Uh, and what a great game. My God, uh, Link Between Worlds is a wonderful game. And then uh, my list closes out with the sequel to that, which is... The uh, Triforce Heroes, um, which, of course, uh, you mentioned earlier, is basically built in the same engine as uh, A Link Between Worlds. Um, and I like that following this pentology um, means that we, like, a, a little pattern emerges, right? Like, not only is everything based off of, ultimately, A Link to the Past, but we have these, like, little spikes of multiplayer, which is so not Zelda um, and not really what I think of in terms of Link to the Past, but it is part of like the lineage of that game. Oh man, yeah, that's that's such a good grouping and so much fun. And more games based off Link to the Past, please. Because yeah, please. clearly they're all amazing. Um, I'm only realizing now as we're talking about it that if this were in fact a uh, set. Sept would be seven. Sextology. If this is a sextology, um, then we could also include uh, Zelda BS oh, um, uh-huh. on the Satellaview, a game that neither of us have played and <laughs> could ever possibly play, which is uh, basically a remake of The Legend of Zelda in the Link to the Past engine. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, seriously, what more is there to say than those are five amazing games yeah. all coming out of A Link to the Past, one of the greatest games of all time. Yep, 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 yep. My next pentology... Mark, I just want you to know I'm having a wonderful time. Oh, me too. This is so much fun. Uh, My next pentology kind of like spun out of the Mario's work history pentology. Hmm. Ending with Super Mario Sunshine got me thinking about, you know, um, uh, video games that I would want to be able to retire in. Where it's just like, if I could live in this world, if I could exist in this universe, where would I want to exist? And so, uh, yeah, these are five games that I think really embody, you know, just that kind of, like, good life mentality. Yeah, okay. So the first one is Stardew Valley. Yes. A great game. um, Really captures everything that is fun and amazing about the Harvest Moon games. But puts it in a package that, to me, I find even more just, like, chilled and relaxing and just, like... What a fun, like, world to live in. Who hasn't thought about, like, man, if I could just get away from it all, get away from my job, get away from it, and just start over. And I think there's something very appealing about that. Up next is The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Ugh. Look, yeah. I know. I know there's guardians all over the place. I know the Calamity Ganon is swirling around. Still telling you. Living in Hyrule doesn't seem that bad to me. No, man. You could just go for a walk in the rain. <laughs> and there'd be no pressure to climb anything. This is this is not like uh, Ocarina of Time future state where you would not want to live in that world. This doesn't seem that bad. No, th- it is definitely like a comfortable post-apocalypse, right? Yeah. Like, especially when you come upon like the like Hateno Village uh-huh. or Kakariko um, or the... Uh, oh, what's the name of um, Terrytown, the one that you build yourself? 
um, spoilers, I guess, for, <laughs> for uh, Breath of the Wild, um, where like it truly feels like there are these wonderful oases, right, of just like people working together and like living in a world that is quieted after the apocalypse. Yeah, you, you look, you get you get far enough away from Hyrule Castle and things seem fine. Yeah, yeah, things seem fine. So, uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Next yep. is Animal Crossing New Horizons. Give me an island, uh, any island, right. I'll live on it. Right. Yoku's Do you get to name it? You get to name the <laughs> island? <laughs> Even better. Yeah. Uh, Yoku's Island Express, another game with, like, atmosphere. That I love how recent all these games yeah, are. Yeah, it great. just makes you want to, like, hang out for a while. And the last one is Golf Story. Um, I really really enjoyed golf story i am really looking forward to sports story whenever that comes out golf story it's a little bit different from uh the rest of these in the sense that like you know golf story your character is still like struggling working to achieve something right there um building their reputation they're getting better they're improving and yet the world is so fun and inviting of golf story that it does seem very appealing to exist in that world um are you uh i was about to say much of but oh yeah i'll just pose the question that way are you much of a golfer now i have never in golfed life? in my life very i have good, never golfed good. in my life but i think given enough time i could be fine at it sure i mean that's uh my my parents do a lot of golfing now in in their retirement um, so like, you're obviously on the right, <laughs> you're, you're, you're saying, you're saying something true, um, that, uh, golfing in retirement can be fun, but they, yeah, they, they, they were not golfers at our age. So I, I, I you, you still got a chance, Mark. <laughs> um, that's a great list. Very relaxing. Um, I love the recency to it. It makes me, uh, sort of realize the premium and maybe this is just mostly in, in my experience, uh, but maybe our collective experience, but the premium placed on uh, relaxing settings and relaxing gameplay modes in games now. Totally. Um, it's just kind of what I want out of games. Yeah. I just want to have like... I just want to feel good. I mean, I guess really like that's been my experience with uh, Skyward Sword is I find the world like Skyloft and everything of that game to yeah. be very just like enjoyable to exist in. Uh, Mark, my next pentology, the next pentology that we're going to discuss, I would say is the most straightforward pentology in the bunch. It is one where you could go and look up the, the, uh, a single series, type in three words and get five games. I'm referring, of course, to Donkey Kong Country. There are five Donkey Kong Country games. They are Donkey Kong Country, Donkey Kong Country 2, Diddy's Kong Quest, Donkey Kong Country 3, Donkey Kong's Double Trouble? Dixie's Double Trouble. Dixie's, Dixie's Double Trouble. Um, Donkey Kong Country Returns and Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. I know you can make an argument that like 64 or um, that, that, that you could make other arguments that are Donkey Kong Land games. Those are the only five Donkey Kong Country games. And this is another one where there's a very obvious trilogy and then like two weird sequels. Um, but the second weird sequel surpasses them all. Um, Tropical Freeze is like a, an actual work of art um, and improves on, it just improves on all, all the other games uh, put together. But it, this is an obvious one, but I feel like we need to call it out. Donkey Kong Country, 
Pentology. Yeah, what an amazing group of games. And you're right, like the first three games are their own thing, and the second two are like the same but different. It's yeah. all it's almost amazing how smooth the transition from Donkey Kong Country Three to Donkey Kong Country Returns is because the, the Donkey Kong Country Returns is so different, plays so different from Donkey yeah. Kong Country and Donkey Kong the, that in first trilogy. And yet, it does feel a, of a piece. Yeah, yeah. And th- there's also just something nice about, like, going out on top, right? Uh-huh. Where, like, Tropical Freeze is, like, is, is the grand finale. And, like, it, it does it right. Um, and the game's just remarkable. So my final pentology. Wow, we're already here. Which I've been, uh, I'm excited for this one. A yes. celebration of a character that sometimes I give a lot of guff. But uh, deep down, I really love this Bowser is my, Jr. This is my <laughs> <laughs> no. This is my Toad is King pentology. Wow! Celebrating games where Toad is the star or a really like important and good part of it. Yes. Um, starting of course with Super Mario Brothers Two, Super Mario Brothers USA. Yes. Where Toad is like an awesome character to play. He's yeah. fast. He's strong. Like uh, Toad, he doesn't jump so high, but he, you know what? Who, who he doesn't need it. He doesn't need it. I would rather play Toad in Super Mario Brothers two than Mario any day. Wow, Toad is a great character in Super Mario Brothers two. Toad is fast enough and uh, lifts stuff fast enough that he changes the dynamics of that game. Right, like it. It feels like if you were, and you know, I'm I'm sure there are like some levels where like either Mario or I'm sure there are levels where like any of them make more sense. But if you were like a speedrunner, if you're like an expert Super Mario Brothers two player, I feel like you got to be picking Toad every time. Yeah, right? absolutely. Up next is Wario's Woods, a puzzle game for the NES My and Super man. NES. My man. I can't believe we're talking Wario's Woods and I didn't bring it up. <laughs> Toad is once again the yeah. hero of this game. So, you know, uh, Wario has put a curse on the woods. Uh, <laughs> he has, you know, like um, turned the wood cr- woodland creatures against the Mushroom Kingdom and is basically leading them uh, to destroy the Mushroom Kingdom. Toad, look, uh I'm celebrating him here, but still a little bit clumsy. He's walking through the woods, doesn't really know where he's going, but he realizes what's happening. He gets lost. He, like, isn't sure where he is, but he realizes what's happening, and he snaps into action. Toad is the hero of Wario's Woods. Absolutely. And And saves the Mushroom Kingdom. It's sort of a bummer that Wario gets top billing here because Toad is doing all the work. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and it's it's such a, like, fun and interesting, like, puzzle like falling block style game where you are controlling a little dude running around on the bottom of like the puzzle um and rearranging pieces manually um any other puzzle game that you're gonna play like that you know like mario's pit cross no like he's he's way off somewhere else and like you're the one doing it's like a real yeah mario's pit cross is a real crusty the clown situation where like he put his name on it yes he's 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 nowhere near that game right right um toad though He's the king. He's the king. He's star in somebody else's game. Yeah, yeah. A true king. Twice, twice now he's a star <laughs> in someone else's game. Up next is Super Mario 64 DS. And the reason I'm okay. calling out Toad specifically in this one is because Toad, I think, is the only character that I'm aware of, uh, like uh, of the Mushroom Kingdom family, yeah. who has the guts to stand up to Wario and tell it like it is. So if Wario loses his hat um, because, like, another character is wearing it or whatever, and uh, he – it gets dropped outside the um, uh, the castle, and, War- and Toad leaves a little note 
that says, Wario, I found this cap in front of the castle a little while ago. I knew it was yours because of its distinctive um, aroma. Actually, it reeked pretty bad. Whoa. I can't believe I touched it. You really should wash that thing more often. Anyways, here you go. Sassy little toad telling Wario like it is in a way that, as far as I'm aware, no other Mushroom Kingdom character has had the guts to do. Um, or even residents of Diamond City who all suck up to him. Yeah. Um, the, the thing that's interesting about that is you have to take into consideration the events of the previous game where they were outright adversaries. Oh, yeah. Uh, Toad is downright cordial in this, <laughs> considering how what his attitude should be towards Yeah, Mario. but there's a real, like, hold in his nose situation, you know, where yeah. um, he knows that he's he's too good for Wario. Yeah. And he's letting Wario know it. Well, he, here's the other thing about uh, Super Mario 64 on, on the DS. Um, is that that also included all of those like Mario mini games, uh-huh. um, wherein uh, Toad is frequently like a facilitator of the games you're playing. So like, uh, I whenever I picture that game, I picture Toad working at the casino where he's like wearing the little oh suit. yeah, Do you remember absolutely, this? absolutely, um, like kind of like walking in, like kind of waddling <laughs> in, carrying chips under his arm, and then like deals the cards out. Um, so like Toad's got a bunch of other stuff going on. The fact that he's uh, bothered with Wario's stinky hat at all is it, it's courageous. He, it, he yes. he's, he's the king. You're right. Um, up next is for Toad as featured in Paper Mario Sticker Star. Okay. So uh, in the game, there's a Mushroom Business Association, and it has four stated positions. It is Representative Director slash President, uh-huh. Block Enterprise Group, POW Chapter. Vice uh, Vice President, Warp Pipe Development Unit, and Material Department Vice President and General Affairs Division, plus Soda Branch Section Chief. Who is doing all of these roles? Toad. Oh, my God. He's so a one-man one mushroom man business association. Okay. All right. So well, he just gave himself a bunch of titles. He just gave himself a bunch of titles. I mean, is it a front for something else? Possibly. But he's moving and shaking. Toad is a man who does business. In Piper Mario Sticker Star, here here's the thing, uh, Toad. You're you're complicating things here. Just call yourself owner, <laughs> like that's proprietor. The, yeah, that's the ultimate flex. Yeah, is to just be like, oh, this business that you're dealing with, I own it. Yeah, he's it's a, mine. It, he really is. He's a one. What toad, was the soda one? Soda. Uh, um. Uh. General. Uh. Soda Branch Section Chief. Okay. Okay. So he's buying sodas for himself. <laughs> he's getting a root beer, and he's like, I'm the soda chief. Yeah, he's, he's a one-man chamber of commerce. Okay, all right. Good for you, Toad. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, an example of the hustle we can all aspire to. Right. What a wild ride we've been on so far with this one. Finally, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. Yeah, self-evident. Self-evident. Yep. Um, that, that, my friends, is my Toad is King pentology. Um, that's, that's wonderful. Uh, Mark, I love how much of uh, these lists uh, just like zero in on one character and say, here is a character journey um, that you would miss if you were playing individual games. We are uh, discovering narratives that are already there, but you just need to rearrange the pieces in a way that make them make sense. Um, I am about to not do that at all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My final pentology. I had, I had one, one instinct and the more I thought about it, I was like, no, this instinct is bad. Um, but my my first instinct was Mega Man's 2 through 6 on the NES. Um, not Mega Man 1, because the game 
the the series had not discovered itself at that point. There was a, a, a score counter. Um, everything was like a little bit too hard. There was too much knockback in Mega Man. He couldn't slide. He couldn't charge. All of these things. He wasn't Mega Man yet, right? There are uh, six robot bosses instead of eight. Like the the formula just wasn't there yet. Meanwhile, over on the Game Boy, there are five perfectly good Mega Man games that uh, are that start with. Mega Man, Dr. Wily's Revenge. This is where uh, the pentology starts with a revenge. <laughs> sure, whatever. Okay, it's fine. Um, but the way that these games are uh, connected and the, the way that they are connected to the NES versions of the game uh, is that uh, they take four robot masters from the uh, game that is the same number as them and as the sequel. So um, uh, the first Mega Man game for Game Boy had four robot bosses from Mega Man 1 and four robot bosses from Mega Man 2 oh. from the NES. So they, they ended up being sort of like a best of sort of like sampling um, and is sort of doing the like sort of Mega Man hacking kind of thing where it's like, yeah, well, yeah, you would never uh, match up the uh, Guts Man with like Bubble Man. Um, those weapons wouldn't be in the same game, uh, except they are because now we are matching up those bosses together. Sort of revolutionary, very cool. And the first four of these games are all like that, right? So uh, Mega Man 2, and these are all done in Roman numerals, which I love because that's not a Mega Man thing normally. They just do regular uh, uh, numerals. Uh, but so uh, Mega Man 2 has four bosses from uh, 2 and four bosses from 3. 3 has uh, four bosses from 3, four bosses from 4. 4 has four from 4 and four from 5. But they also have uh, these like sort of mid-game bosses um, that are in the first, third, and fourth one referred to as Mega Man Killers. Um, and these are, uh, hold on, I, the, 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 the characters' names are Anchor um, in, in the first one, um, Punk in the third one, and Ballad in the fourth one. And the second game has a character called uh, Quint, who is technically a, uh, a version of Mega Man from an alternate super peaceful future that Dr. Wily brings back and reprograms to uh, kill Mega Man. Um, but so those, those four characters, there's one of them in each of these first four games. But then all of this leads me to, to Mega Man 5, which is the thing I want to highlight here because Mega Man 5 breaks the pattern. It is not borrowing bosses from uh, the NES uh, Mega Man games. It instead introduces eight new, brand new robot masters. And they're not named, you know, Rockman or whatever. They have the names of planets. You're fighting Saturn, Pluto, Uranus, Jupiter, uh, Mercury, Venus, Mars, and Neptune. Oh, that's epic. These are the robot. You're right. So, like, the scale of it changes entirely. Um, and they're, like I said, brand new robot bosses. Uh, and after you get through those those eight those eight bosses like normal like a normal Mega Man game, you have to go toe to toe against all four Mega Man killers. So the, those special characters, those special one-off characters from the previous four Mega Man games, all on Game Boy, Anchor, Quint, Punk, and Ballad, all return. That you have to wipe them all out again. That's so cool. So this this whole collection of games which has never been like recollected and re-released uh they, they are on the uh, 3ds virtual console but that's the only other place you can play these games besides actually on game boy they represent this uh, uh this series of five games with these Mega Man killers um 
which is just so cool and so unique. Uh, and I just absolutely love the way um, you can sort of see like what they're doing in the in the early games where you're just like, oh yeah, they're just like reusing assets and ideas and like it's in black and white. So it's just, you know, it's only the most visually distinct ones that they put out here. And they add one character because they, they're working on something. So they may as well put the one character in there. And then the fifth one just blows it all up and is like, no, this is a brand new thing with all new characters plus all of our old favorites. It's just... Uh, it's a, a celebration of itself in such such micro um, and all on the Game Boy well like the NES is hailed as you know the the quintessential Mega Man experience uh, but you got this amazing pentology over here on the game that's so cool I didn't I did not know any of that that's that is uh man what a bummer that they haven't thrown these on some sort of collection yeah it, it's weird that they're not on a collection I think it's even weirder that they're not like remade in, uh-huh. in some way um I, just, I mean yeah but I, I guess i guess you're right like the real thing is we've had mega man legacy collections why is there no game boy mega man legacy yeah, collection? the way you're describing it like building up to that last game just makes it seem so hype yeah it is so hype well and i guess maybe maybe that's the reason that you don't actually package them all together is that there are so many like reused like chunks of levels and obviously uh, all of the bosses from the first four games, uh, with the exception of the Mega Man Killers, are reused. Um, but, like, I don't know. That almost makes it more exciting, Also, right? who are these legacy collections for? They're for yeah. people who, yeah. like, have played, you know, like, experienced They're for it. me, Mark. <laughs> so, they, so it's like, yeah, uh, yeah. That that doesn't – I, I – oh, some, someday, hopefully, they yeah. will make their way uh, to be playable again. Because that, that sounds awesome. Uh, Mark – those are our pentologies. Uh, is there anything else that comes to mind for you? Or, like, were, were there any near misses as you were, like, going through trying to put put together this list? No, there there wasn't really anything that, like, uh, um, yeah, no. I, th- there, there was one thing that I just wanted to bring up, and it was the, the pentology that I pitched to you off the top of my head when I was like, I don't know, it would be like this, um, which is Mario 64, Mario Sunshine, Galaxy, Galaxy 2, and Mario Odyssey, um, which is not only an incredible pentology of games, but also maybe the best collection of five games I could imagine. That's so good. Yeah, that is really good. Um, If you have a pentology that you've noticed in Nintendo, but we neglected, is there something with Nintendogs? There might be something with Nintendogs, Mark. we got to look into it. Um, You should write into us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at gmail.com. Mark? Let's close this out. Okay, that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Mark, thank you so much for doing this show with me for five years. Oh, man, what a uh, pleasure it has been. Here's to five more. Uh, yeah, and I mean, I don't. we need to cut it off there. <laughs> the ticking clock here. <laughs> well, let's check in after five years okay, and see right. how we feel. No, this, this, look, this is a good policy that every five years we check in, make sure that we are, in fact, still friends. Uh-huh. And that we haven't put together a list that has ended that friendship. <laughs> <laughs> and you never know. Any any definitive ranking could be the last. It's true. Um, and thank you to all of you who have listened to us for if you've listened to us for five years or for five episodes, um, or if this is your first weird place to start, but thank you for checking us out. Um, we appreciate it. We couldn't do this show if uh, no one was listening. I guess we could, but I don't know why we would. 
All right. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode. Remember, please rate, review, and follow us on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, share it on Facebook or Twitter. We appreciate it when you do that. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and this show is at Nincart Society. We also have a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8 Betty. You can get more of his music by going to 8BitBetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers uh, trying to drag this out so the episode lasts for 55 minutes and 55 seconds. I think we're going to be just shy of that. Ah! Thank you for listening. Imagine a podcast. Now, imagine a musical. Now. Imagine the two of them made one million babies. Well, you don't have to imagine it, because it's real, and it has a name. One Million Musicals. Each month, we bring you a brand new, original podcast musical featuring talent from across Broadway, films, and TV. You'll hear tales of spooky ghosts, Wild West shootouts, adventures on the high seas, and much, much more. One million musicals. Only a few hundred thousand to go. A Campfire Media Podcast. Campfire. <laughs>